millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This week's show is sponsored by Jean Rose, who would like to ask you to give something to a very good cause. But it's not money, it's something much more vital, much more fundamental than that. You see, she wants your spit, or at least your saliva. Let me explain. Every year many people are diagnosed with leukaemias and lymphomas. These are cancers of the blood and lymphatic system. Unfortunately, her husband is one of these people, having been diagnosed with rare incurable lymphoma in 2012. Some of those diagnosed will at some point in their treatment require a stem cell transplant. This won't necessarily be a cure, but can help people live longer and more fulfilled lives. And here's where you can help. Request a spit kit from either antoninolan.org, if you're aged between 16 to 30, or deleteBloodCancer.org.uk if you're aged between 17 to 55. Simply follow the instructions, give a sample of your saliva, and that's it. Your saliva is tight-matched, and you'll be placed on a register which is searched when someone needs a transplant. You could quite literally save someone's life. How great is that? And it won't cost you anything. Thank you from Auntie Jean. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the spotless village green, that is Royfield Brown, and with me of the overflown wheelie bin, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our clean for the Queen is you. Now, today's Dum Dum is a reprise, it's a repeat from last week. It's you lot, it's the Dum Dum is at our 100th episode celebration last week, and you were in fine form. Now, Lucy... Yeah. Can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumb de Dumber of the Week? <laughs> what are you um, laughing for? Because I haven't written that bit yet. <laughs> I just realised I knew I'd forgotten something. <laughs> um, 
do, oh, do it from your head, from your noggin. Do you need to write it? No. Yes, if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or argue about dripping, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges, to Cosmo uh, for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thank you also to Derek for the load of the back bedroom. The job at the charity shop is going really well. Uh, so far, he's sold two paperbacks, um, A Life Intense by Elizabeth Pargeter and uh, My Struggle by Kate Aldridge uh, and a clock that plays bringing in the sheaves at 20 past the hour and a customer's umbrella. you saying that um, Kate Matikani is uh, Hitler. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Mein no, Kampf. It's actually, it's actually a... a uh, a gag that um, Julie Burchill used about Victoria Corin, oh. and she said uh, she's written a, at the age of you know twenty two. She's written an autobiography called My Struggle, um, and that which made me laugh like a drain in a rather bitchy way at the time. But yes, very good, very good, very good. Um, on this week's show, we have called Roy, Roy, Roy. Can mm-hmm. I ask you something quickly, quickly, quickly? A technical thing. Mm. When I am recording this, my email keeps bonging. I don't know how to turn it off. Even when I quit email, it keeps bonging. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. The odd, the odd bong is fine. Well, <laughs> don't worry. Okay. Is that no. rules for life? The odd bong is fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The odd little toke every now and then. Never did anyone <laughs> any harm, Lucy. On this week's show, we have calls from Not Contrary up there in Canada land who says nice things. Maeve down there in West London from Northern Ireland who's pining for cows Glyn who's from kind of Derbyshire ways I seem to remember who thinks that Brian is an inner yokel bear who's from somewhere shite who's putting up the bunting <laughs> with a spoon who's from NYC me old mugger who discusses forbidden topics and Miss Mid-Cities from Derbyshire definitely who is impressed with Eddie's learning. Oh, there's another round. And Tracy Shevin, who I've no idea where she's from, who says that Ambridge is upsetting her dog. But first, before we get to the juicy callers, it's Luce with a week in Ambridge. We started the week with Mother's Day. Rob and his wife Ursula took Henry out for a Mother's Day feast at the ball, lovingly cooked by Wayne. It was a bread roll with the bread stuffing on a bed of bread. David, with his hat <laughs> and diplomacy, didn't think that possibly Ruth might find the first Mother's Day after her mother's death a little tricky. So he spent the whole time checking his own mother was enjoying herself. Anyone else think that Matthew has dumped Pip and is using the lack of mobile signal as an excuse not to tell her? I think he's doing a Norman Collier every time he speaks to her. <laughs> Come here, Pip, crackle. This will send her hurtling into the arms of a fair buttock, or possibly two fair buttocks. (laughs) In the meantime, she is taking her sexual frustration out on multi-millionaire egg magnet Josh, who is fairly irritating, admittedly, but she's even claiming that he's trying to rip off the fair buttocks. But surely ripping off the fair buttocks should be encouraged by one and all. One of the long-held tropes of Ambridge is that if a family occasion is in the offing and it looks like it might be going to occur with a minimum of disruption and stress, a family member immediately has to step in and either introduce an entirely unnecessary element of secrecy or resurrect a troublemaking family member. Clary has decided to do both by getting the entire village involved in Eddie's birthday, making it a secret special party 
and also bringing back Jailbird Alf from the Costa Robber or wherever he's been. Eddie would be entirely happy with a couple of pints of the bull and a quick rummage under Clary's apron. But no, we have to go through a whole palaver. Talking of Clary's apron, I bet you anything she's got one of those ones of a lady in a corset with her boobs out. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, stop trying to pretend that bonnet competitions and falconry are stressful. You are basically living in Northanger Abbey, so shut up. Anyway, Lillian is now nominating you as Borsetshire Businesswoman of the Year for your services under canvas. But Lillian says <laughs> we have to keep it quiet as she doesn't want Elizabeth getting wind. Well, no, that could ruin her acceptance speech for one thing. Uh, Jenny Darling is still going on about her knackered old worktops. How long can this wretched storyline go on for? Are the worktops going to get their own spin-off series? <laughs> are they going to enter into an abusive relationship with the Albion and we'll have to have a warning if you have been affected by issues around kitchen worktops then please call the Formica helpline Dr Lockstore to Sasha appeared who said she like didn't realise that Ambridge was like so boring and that where there were like so few like buses she was hanging around the shop browsing the display of deck chairs bathroom suites and climbing frames Susan cross-questioned her about who she was until Elizabeth fought her off and said, Would you like a lift? I have my car just outside. Or shall we just skip the middleman and I'll become your new mummy now? Susan suggested <laughs> a game of ask me where anything is in the shop, but no one was playing. Poor Susan. No one ever plays that game because the cards are rather stacked on Susan's side, especially since she's rearranged the wallpapers. Then there was a fascinating little interlude where we discussed sandwiches. Which ones we liked, which were our favourite fillings, what bread we liked best. Then we all coloured in pictures of sandwiches and got a gold sticker. The Resurgam Garden, which has been designed to allow Linda to say words like Alstraberia, also means <laughs> that apparently after years of coughing, sniffing and hypoallergenic gardens and homeopathic remedies, she suddenly decided that being allergic to the outside is her cross to bear. And not only is she going to shut up about it, she's going to plant a pollen fest right outside her sitting room window, which means she's going to spend every summer evening festooned with snot like a mucus maypole. The end. Oh, I quite like that this week. That was good. This end on a mucus maypole. Mm. Mm. And you're going to hit that with gusto as well this week. I've had a lot of coffee. I think mm. that might be it. You're, yes. not, you're not messing around this week, are you? It's like, come on, let's get this gun going, Royfield. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> Dumbly dumb away. Forward. <laughs> yes. Mm. Now, where do we start? Do we start with Friday first? Yeah. Should we get it out of the way now? Go on, then. What, talky-talky or corly-corly? Um, let's do a little bit of talky-talky because otherwise this podcast is going to be over in about 20 minutes flat. So okay. let's do a little bit of talky-talky, then we'll voices. do the caller in. <laughs> um, I, well, my I texted you, didn't I, mm. at the time? Mm. And I said to you, I hate this man for making me feel relieved that a man has just hit his wife. Mm -hmm. Because I did, I thought... This is the this is the beginning of the end now. And I felt appalled with myself that I felt relieved that he'd hit her. Mm. And I didn't like feeling that. I felt I feel as if I dislike as we have talked at length about and I will not go through it again, but I dislike the feeling that I am being manipulated. And I know good drama manipulates, but this is making me dislike myself. Mm. And I don't like it. And I don't like that level of... I think it's Maeve that calls it gratuitous manipulation. And I agree. I don't like it. 
What about you? Mm. Um, I was struck by the scene afterwards where Rob was in the room crying and Helen comes to find him because and please nobody no do not misconstrue what I'm about to say here but it was then absolutely apparent to me in every which way but that this man isn't only incredibly damaged which you knew he had to have been but actually everything no no not quite everything because the planning of potentially turning henry off to school is 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 planning is kind of full planning but a lot of actually what he does is completely utterly on the hoof and he is just an utter mess and he isn't the arch manipulator the way that we have some some sometimes actually said that he is this for whatever reason and the and the reason and the writers are writing it that he has this dysfunctional relationship with his mother and his mother is actually overbearing. That is the reason why he's the way that he is. And I know that a lot of listeners do not like that because they say, you know, the fault, you know, this man is damaged because of a woman. Mm. But, but whatever, that is the way it's been written, full stop. But that he is, um, as I said, not the master manipulator the way that we have sometimes thought, though he has planned he has planned many things like blocking up the culvert yeah. um sent potentially sending henry off to school um etc etc but a lot of actually what he does is to react in the moment and he isn't control in control of his rage mm. and his rage is built on fundamentally impotence of which he tries to cover up by being overbearing and controlling yeah. Because yeah. he is not actually in control of his world. That's the way that he feels. Yeah. So uh, to compensate for that, he tries to micromanage absolutely everything. Because actually, he's somebody who feels isolated and alone. And and then he dresses that up with this kind of narcissistic look at me. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. In, Couldn't in, agree more. Exactly. So in public, he has to be the perfect person. Because mm. actually, he's uh, alone and he's incredibly angry all the time. I completely, completely agree. Um, and I thought that was so beautifully done as well. I wish it wasn't, but it was. Um, mm. When he manipulates it so that she ends up apologising to him for him hitting her and saying, I'm sorry I irritated you. And now she, judging by kind of the way these things go, she will now for the next sort of day or so afterwards, she will overcommit to him. She will find some, she will say, no, of course your mum can stay as long as she likes. Of course, mm. you know, why, why doesn't she sleep in the bed with you and I'll go somewhere else or whatever, you know, that, that <laughs> there will be, she mm. will capitulate to him even further mm. because, you know, that's just how, how it goes. But can I give you my plot prediction? Go on. Which did make, please I felt make it be a bonkers one. Well, I don't know. I mean, it might be, because if I'm wrong, then clearly it's bonkers. But now, bloody hell, I've forgotten what it is, but there's something coming up over Easter weekend. Um, Good Friday? (sighs) No, I know that comes up on Easter weekend, you banana. I mean, Rob was talking about going to something over Easter weekend and taking Henry. Mm. And Helen said she wasn't going to go. And I think she is going to run away. I think that him and Ursula and uh, Henry are going to be out of the house. They're going to visit somewhere. Or was it the Lower Loxley thing? Maybe. I you can't... know, 
that makes a whole load of sense because a couple of people, John Reed said on the Twitters, you know, when Rob says, you know, how can we bring a baby into this mess? Mm. And he joked, and I'm going to absolutely, you know, misquote this spectacularly, but he said, yes, um, when when we get a new editor in and yeah. and the scriptwriters have sorted this all out. So worse to that effect, but said in a much more punchy and funny, funny way than me. But it does occur to me that surely this will all start to be cleared up when Mr. C uh, walks out the door at Easter. So it makes sense, actually, completely what you're saying. Though I know there's... I like didn't a... realise he was going at Easter, but yeah. And I know there's a bit of a three-month lag with this stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it kind of makes sense that this is his great storyline, which he's bequeathed to the Archers, uh, and he's brought this tremendous character in. And as a sign-off, um, we have the unravelling and you know the sorting out of it however it is, it is to be sorted out in terms of Helen and Rob's relationship yeah. so it would be neat it would be yeah. neat I think she's going to turn up she's going to wait till they're all out of the house mm. she's going to leg it and she's going to appear at Kirsty's, and it's going she's going to go Kirsty, help me that's what will happen <laughs> well let's hope let's hope uh, and on that note now we've done our little bit of a filling yep. about we thought about uh, last week. Shall we have some caller in us? Yes. Smashing. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first then, Lucy? Uh, not contrary. Ooh, Canada, Canada. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. I'm very sorry that I wasn't organised enough to call in on time for the 100th episode. So firstly, let me congratulate you on both reaching that milestone and putting together a cracking live show. I really enjoyed that. What I would have said if I'd called in on time, I will still say today because it's still relevant in light of what Royfield said about Dumpty Dum and Lucy being anchors and rocks in his life over the past couple of years. Because I discovered Dumpty Dum around about the third episode when I was back in England while my father was dying and I made my first call to the show on the morning of his funeral. It was such a light relief to have some fun silliness and innuendo um, to just give me a break from all the sadness around me and um, I know you've supported lots of other people through tough times and given them a laugh when they've really needed it so Thank you for all the work you do, and uh, congratulations again. Uh, not contrary. Are you sure you didn't miss here when you said that Royfield said I was an anchor? <laughs> um, uh, I'm very sorry about your father, and I'm glad that we could help. And thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who said such lovely things about the 100th mm. episode. And talking of that, we had a very funny email, which I tried to find, from somebody called Feek. Oh, I saw that, yes. Who said... Who sounds a bit like that character from Game of Thrones, Reek. (laughs) Ooh, that's horrible, that storyline. I'm a long-time listener to The Archers for something between 25 and 30 years under my belt. This morning in my Facebook feed, there was a link to your podcast. Blah, 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 blah. So he listened, or she listened. I don't know if he's a she or a she. Oh, no, a he. Um... It happened to be your 100th episode. I found it amusing, interesting, and perhaps a little too self-congratulatory. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was, because it was our 100th. 
and um, it was it was an orgy of self congratulation, wasn't it, Royce? Uh, I wouldn't use the word orgy. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't I use the did. word orgy to describe what happened at the BBC <laughs> Club last Monday at all. <laughs> but he said that uh, we, we were talking about. Um, uh, what other shows do, do we watch because they've got members of the cast in? Mm. He said, when the new cast for Strictly Come Dancing was announced, I saw Kelly Bright was taking part. I immediately placed a small bet of £1 for her to win the show simply because she used to be Kate Aldridge. While watching the show, my wife got grumpy with me because I used to shout, Kate, every time she appeared on the screen. <laughs> she didn't win, but she did make it through to the final. With hindsight, I should have placed the bet each way and then I'd at least have got something back. I despise most of the recent cast changes in The Archers. By recent, I mean over the last 10 years. I still don't like the new Bert Fry and I think it was only 20 years ago that Roger Hume died. <laughs> so that's enough for me carry on with the good work and I'm looking forward to future episodes Feek Feek welcome to the tribe if you are still moaning about a character that changed a decade ago you are definitely with the right people here exactly yes. definitely Archer's fan material <laughs> you are one of us <laughs> I still talk about new Clary well so does um, Harriet yeah said, but it's new Clary old Clary isn't it yeah yeah new old old Clary mm. yeah very confusing <laughs> Um, Maeve and Witherspoon. Can we put them together? Oh, we can. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Royfield. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Maeve here in, in the big press. Um, I, I gosh, I'm sorry that I missed um the 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 live the live show. Looked fun. Uh, looked great fun actually. So I I've been sort of putting some comments on Twitter this week about the storyline and not listening anymore. And and I just really wanted to say that. I can't really listen. It's not because I'm being um, all um, because I just because I don't like the storyline. Therefore, I'm kind of flouncing out. I just find it really hard to listen to. And and I think as I've touched on in one of the tweets, it's not so much the um, the storyline itself, which is hugely important, and all the money that was raised, and, and actually the 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 the, the raised sort of um, profile um, of this kind of domestic abuse is is hugely important. What I'm really struggling with is the kind of the almost pantomime villain type approach. Now it's it's kind of slipped into, um, as I said, a bit gratuitous and a bit kind of kind of East Endery. Um, in my day job, um, I come across lots of mums and children who have been um, very damaged by domestic abuse, etc., etc. As you well know, and and what struck me was just the kind of the sheer lack of hope, really. That really, it just seems terrible for Helen, um, and also it's not really very realistic. Even though I know it's 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 um, sorry, Royfield, um, it's um, a drama. Um, but really, you know, the midwives would be picking up on this now. There would have been follow up from the hospital. Uh, you know, the, it, it kind of kind of doesn't ring true. Maybe because I'm in that world, therefore I'm, I'm kind of hypercritical. Um, but you know, I I, I do admire, um, and I am all for. Um, putting the storylines out there but you know what can we trees try not to sensationalize it um, and I didn't ever think I would hear, hear myself say this but I was slightly pining for root and some cows um, and you know and when I'm getting to that stage and I'm pining for root and some cows that really is for me time to switch off hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy 
Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, I'm here, and Angus is off in the corner trying to recover from Friday's episode. First off, well done on Monday's 100th. You all appear to be having a rollicking good time, as was I listening to the podcast. Today, I was planning to ignore the story that dare not be named and witter on about Linda's garden and the sibling rivalry between Pip and Josh that we will be talking about for the next 30 years. I was still going to ignore the goings-on at Blossom Hill Cottage, even though on Tuesday I tweeted, I've joined the torch-wielding, pitchfork-carrying masses, Tichinab must die, and his little mother too. I was even going to ignore it after Thursday's episode when Helen had a meltdown in front of her mother. As I had Facebook posted, Pat is not enough of an abstract thinker or strong enough person to have recognized that Helen was displacing her rage onto someone with whom she felt safe. She also didn't recognize the true object of Helen's rage. Instead, Pat went straight to Rob to provide him with more ammunition instead of trying to further talk with Helen. But after Friday's episode, we can't ignore it. After the show, I went to the Archer's website and read what I assume is an unprecedented letter from Sean O'Connor to us, explaining the origin and development of the storyline. At this moment, within six hours of the broadcast, there have already been 92 mostly thoughtful and mostly negative responses to the story. I won't review the details of Friday's realistic depiction of the escalation of abuse and its aftermath. I'm sure Lucy Royfield and others have done so. Did we hope, sadly, that there would be bruises left on Helen so that others would finally see? Yes. But no, that was not the case, and again, realistically, the abuser projected his blame onto the abused, and the victim blamed herself for provoking the assault. This is to be expected, and upsettingly for us, resolution will still take a while. But I hope not at the pace that Mr. O'Connor has so far deemed appropriate for a radio drama. He has underestimated the effect of this story on the community of Archer's listeners. We deserve a resolution. We'll stop here, take a deep breath, and wish everyone a good week. Angus Haggis and I look forward to talking again next time. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Yes, both. They're talking about Rob and Helen. Mm. Um, Maeve, I can see an end in sight, so you'll be back with us soon, I do hope. Um, I know people are finding it really hard. Um, it's, and it must be awful if you work in that sort of field and you, you know, it's bad enough for the rest of us, but when you work in that sort of field... And you're confronted with it on a day-to-day basis. You don't want to come home. So they go, I know, I'll have a cup of tea and listen to that. Oh, no. And then there you're back in it again. That must be horrible. Um, and yes, with a spoon, uh, I couldn't agree more. And it's very difficult to get away from, isn't it? <sighs> anyway, hold hard, people. We will soon be out the other side. Please, God. Um, and now, Glyn Fullerlove. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. First of all, let's like say congratulations on your 100th podcast. Sorry I couldn't be there, but it was a really great show and it sounded like you were having a really great time. Uh, turning to the Archers, well, developments, you know, more dark developments in the Helen and Rob story. But since I think I'm as fed up with it as probably everyone else is, I'll just go and have a rant on the forum instead of troubling the podcast and turn to a less controversial subject being the EU referendum, 
I think a couple of weeks ago, Lucy, I think was talking to Yokel Bear when he did the podcast about Brian being an outer in the referendum. I've been thinking about that. And I think with all of the subsidies Home Farm must have had over the years from the EU and their reliance on migrant workers from Eastern Europe for the uh, fruit picking, I can't imagine Brian would really be an outer. Surely he'd be leading the Ambridge in the EU campaign. I think in the rest of the village, similar reasons that David and Ruth have also got to be inners. But I've definitely got Peggy and Susan Carter down as outers. Um, Jim Lloyd, I think, must be an outer. Well, I'm sure other listeners can have a go at who they think are inners and outers. So I'll say keep up the good work and sign off there. What did Mr Fuller Love have to say for himself, Lucy? He was talking about, uh, what do you reckon about um, in Europe and out of Europe? And he says, oh, yes. Peggy and Susan are out. Absolutely. I agree. He says he would say Jim was an, was an out. I'd say Jim was an in culturally, but he'd Me hate too. being told by what to do by Europe, though. Mm. He'd hate that. Because he hates pointless admin, doesn't he? He hates it when Linda starts going, we have to have a steering group or whatever. And he goes, oh. I'll tell you another reason why Jim should be an inner. Jim is a big uh, classical uh, yeah. classicist, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And the, the, uh, the European Union was founded on, in Rome. And it's actually yeah. called the Treaty of Rome. And he's a big fan of all things Roman. Yeah. So, um, so I think on an emotional but he, but level, he'd like it. Yeah, but he'd like that. He'd mm. like the origins of it, but mm. he would hate the pointless bureaucracy. He's not a. He's not a. He's not a bureaucratic man. True, is he? because at the height, at its height, the Roman Empire, which spanned what uh, from Scotland, Hadrian's Wall, all the way to Syria, you know, encompassing Egypt and, and Morocco and, and Spain was run by the civil service of the Roman Empire was 500 people. Blimey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's that many people trying to sort out the luncheon vouchers, isn't there? <laughs> in, in Brussels, yeah. So you could actually completely see that he would be pro it, but then rail completely, you're completely yeah. right, against the bureaucracy, bureaucracy and say we can slim this all the way down. What do you reckon about um, David and Ruth? Well, you've got to think any farmer has got to be an inner because because of all the subsidies. Yeah, know. I was going to say, but they've all benefited from the EU. They'd be a yeah. bit hypocritical not to, wouldn't they? Yeah. But none but, of them said, no, no, we don't agree with it, so we won't be taking the money, thank you. But, you know, it's one of those things where we, people who are kind of, you know, non, non-farming non stock can say, oh, God, these people have their uh, beds <laughs> feathered. Oh, I'm struggling this morning. But... Up until the Second World War, um, famines were a, a frequent occurrence, not necessarily in Western Europe, but throughout Europe. Mm. And that issue hasn't darkened our shores since the Second World War. And that is because um, underpinning every society, every in- industrial and post-industrial society is a guaranteed food supply. So I say more for farming subsidies, mm. you know, yeah. because the fact that we, do, we don't have to think about um, us starving anymore. No. So, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Mm. So there we are. There we go. Uh, so, and, and Brian has got to be an inner. And when you did say that a few weeks back, I did go, hmm, right, that didn't really sit sit well with me. I think 
um, culturally away from farming, I think, yes, Brian would be a, a bit of a, a soft outer. But no, but he is a farmer and he would have benefited massively from yeah. from, from Brussels and its largesse. So Brian's no, exactly the sort of book that would end up being an MEP, isn't he? Is he? Can't you imagine? You know Talking what? You are Euro right. Star you you are every, right. Every now and again, and just have to take going out for lots of agreeable chaps for lunch. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. True that. True that. Um, who else um, can we kind of speculate on there? I think you're right. You know that Peggy, and you got to say that somebody like he, he. I tell you, he's a farmer who I think would be definitely an outer. Joe Grundy. Yeah. Because he would, because his farm's always been inefficient when when he when he actually had one, yeah. so he wouldn't have benefited, no. and he would have been completely for the for the days of kind kind of a, of empire emotionally, and um, a, he's got to be a little Englander, though he's yeah. never been he's never railed against the the foreign pickers or anything like that. But you've no. got to think, you know, on balance, Joe's got to be an outer. Mike could be an outer. Hmm. We'll have to ask him. He's on soon, isn't he? We will. He'll be on in three weeks' time. Yeah. So if you've got questions for Terry Malloy, a.k.a. Mike Tucker, store them up, and uh, in three weeks' time, you'll be able to... But in the meantime, him. start having to think about what you'd like to ask um, lovely Tim Bentink, who is coming on next week. You're going to put your lippy on again? I know, I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What an idiot I am. We like having Tim on once a year, don't we? Yes. yes. Now... Who's next, Lucy? Uh, Yokel Bear. Ooh, Yokel Bear. Hello, Dum Dum. It's Yokel Bear here, ambassador from Yokelshire. First of all, a happy belated hundredth anniversary. That's a great episode. I wish I could have been there, but you know, I just couldn't because it's up in London, and you know, getting up from the West Country is a bit of a pain. What with all the geese on the line and everything, so I'm phoning up in quite a good mood because, despite the fact I said I was never going to speak about the storyline that should not be mentioned, I am going to mention the storyline that should not be mentioned. It's the end's in sight, isn't it? It's all coming together. Pat's beginning to realise that maybe something isn't quite right. Kirsty, well, Kirsty's been on the case from day one. Tom's beginning to realise things. And Johnny as well. Johnny's kind of, that was an interesting little bit, wasn't it? Where Johnny was, um, you know, not taking the advice of Rob. I think the downfall of Titchinob is imminent and to be honest as we know it's not before time and to be honest with you i have bunting ready there's going to be bunting all around yokelshire um when this storyline finally ends but yeah i think it's quite good also ursula what do you do with a woman like ursula well personally i'd bundle her into a car and drop her on the outskirts of town and tell her not to come back she's awful isn't she it's less of a what's that old film to the devil a daughter this one's like to the devil a mother and you can just see it's all moving on i was really pleased when the new cows arrived you know because that's part of what being um an artist fan's about isn't it it's about the farming so when the new cows arrived then when they, they started saying about they're all in different colors but yeah it's been quite nice aside from the aforementioned 
storyline that should not be named um it's been quite nice i've there's been lovely little bits that i've just loved he is in good spirits he's having his own private resurgam he is in agreement mm-hmm. that the end is in sight we are always in agreement me and yokel there we are separated we were separated at birth um he's happy with linda's garden he's happy that lillian's got her mojo back um she is quite perky lillian at the moment isn't she she is she goes off to have a face mask to have a think about who should be business with the. I just wish, as always, you know. I don't I know. Did quite the... like I... that scene, you know. Yeah, it it's was just... quite sweet. None of any of the ones that don't any of the women that don't do. It's like the only thing that women are allowed to do properly on the mm. archers is farming. No, it's not true. They're matriarchs. That's not true, Lucy. Because Jolene is is running the pub and has done for quite some time. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? Fallon is making an extremely good fist of running her business. Well, now to do. Does she until she gives everything away for nothing? That's not true. That's not true. Considering there's little and no marketing which is done, it's all business by referral. If you remember back to that scene where um, it was Kirsty and Emma, um, you know, they talked about, you know, new orders coming through, etc. No, 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 come on. Fallon's running um, a small but successful business. Jolene is successfully running the pub. And I tell you, one person who's completely sorted out their finances and their affairs um, since. Um, actually before jack died is actually peggy peg considering where peggy's actually come from yes she might have got her money from um a first hubby from the first jack but absolutely she is being careful and prudent with her money um jenny though you know jenny's a, the silent power behind the aldridge throne i could go on and, well, and Lillian, and even Lillian. In front of the Aldridge throne. Well, why okay, they, they have they somewhat have more of... little jobs that no, rely on No, but they don't all. You started this off by saying all the women, and <laughs> I start... disagree, and I disagree. And Lillian's not at all too bad herself. But admittedly, Jennifer, Jennifer plays much more of a traditional old-fashioned role i will give you that i will but give Lillian you that should be working out how she should david be and ruth is a partnership there is absolutely right. no, no I said, I said two that about okay all right but i think it's lillian that's annoying me she she should be working out how she should be winning borsetshire businesswoman of the year not helping you know helping a bloke get sponsor it to make himself look good no, you know what I mean? oh, come on. Look, I don't of... understand at all what you're saying here. You None don't... of them are reaching their potential. Well, again, then, again, I respectfully, absolutely, categorically, fundamentally disagree with you. What, you think with all Lillian's business experience? No, no, you said all, but, but your point in. is, and you're getting, you're getting your, you're getting the right bee in your bonnet, right? <laughs> I, and I don't agree with the, the with the premise. No, no, it's got nothing to do with you being a gig, you know, a little girly. I'm just saying to you that Jolene is a good businesswoman. She yes. she is, yeah. She's calm. She's sober, yeah. and actually, she knows how to run that business. Yeah. Ditto. Well, Fallon. 
Rolled right. open. Emma, Emma is emerging into being somebody quite competent as well, but is having the odd little twist and turn and little pet, petty jealousies come out to the fore. Right. I do not, and that's just off the top of my head, I do not agree that all the women in Ambridge are little women, in inverted commas, which is your premise. Mm. And right. I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, Hazel bloody woolly for God's sake. You know, she's like Donald Trump, J.R. Yeah, Ewing. But she is a successful businesswoman, is my point. And surely, isn't that the point of good writing, that not all the women are painted out to be saints? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just disappointed. You know, I can you take you to pieces. Can take your argument yes, to pieces. Right, like, you have. Well done. <laughs> well done, Royfield. My irritation is fundamentally with Lillian. Because she's lazy and she'd rather piss around in the lingerie department at Underwoods than actually do any sodding work and just wait for a bloke to come along. And that's depressing. Mm, that's a little bit overly harsh. Because when she was running um, Crumbs, what, what did they call their enterprise? I can't even remember now. Oh, I don't know. It was a, a terrible housing company. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with Anthea there, right. Yes, Lillian was having a lot of lunches, but she was... Downstairs. No, that was Matt. No, that was completely Matt. But Lillian was actually present. And, you know, she is uh, cognizant of the housing market in Borsetshire. She, you know, she said so. And she said that, you know, she needs to kind of get back to that, doesn't she? Mm. You know, why is it that um, when old uh, Flashy Pants has now come into town, he's telling her about which bits of yeah. uh, the county, you know, are right for development, etc. She said, well, she used to know all that. So yeah. she's not totally lazy. She's not She's not intellectually lazy, though she's taken a bit of a kick in when, when Matt's done a runner. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. You win. Yay. One nil to Royfield. I think you'll find that's probably about, like, five nil, really. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, Miss Mid-City Hi, it's Miss Mid-City here with my uh, thoughts on this week's episodes of The Archers and a few things that I thought were odd First thing being um, Dr Locke's daughter being introduced Why? And I haven't worked out why Dr Locke is around either And then Alf Grundy Why is he coming into the story? Why? Alf Grundy's before my time and um, shows that I, I don't know anything about this rift that develops between him and Eddie. On the subject of Eddie, the conversation he was having with his family after he'd been speaking with Linda about the this hut thing he's building for her, he referred to Linda as Marie Antoinette. It took, it took me a while to work out why. Um... And it's about the um, the model farm she had up at, at Versailles. I was thinking it was something to do with, with letting people eat cake <laughs> or having a head cut off. But yeah, because those, those are the obvious Mary Antoinette references. The model farm thing, I only learned of quite recently. I don't know, I say quite recently. Like, what do I know about French Revolutionary history? Very little. So my ignorance made me assume that the other Grundys were also ignorant. Clearly, they're far better educated than I am. <laughs> they didn't bat an eyelid or question what Eddie was going on about. The other thing that was odd was Pip. Why would you be so rude 
to your younger brother in front of strangers. It's really disloyal. You wouldn't diss your little brother in a business deal like that. Good for Josh, he stood his ground. Yeah, I just thought those things were odd. Why is Dr. Locke's daughter being introduced? Because Elizabeth is going to marry Dr. Locke, piss off Shula, and then there'll be a big (laughs) storyline thing about Elizabeth having to cope with Lily and a stepdaughter who will not like her and blah, 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 blah. And probably, what's his name? What's her idiot son called? Fweddy. Fweddy will fall in love with Sasha. And then there'll be a they can't be because they're step siblings. Bloody, bloody, bloody plants. That's what we will Tell get. you what this reminded me of. Completely what? it reminded me of Greg's daughter when she turned uh, up yes, in yes, Ambridge. Because yes. yeah. she turned up from France, didn't she, yeah. to see Helen. Yeah. There was all of that silly carry on yeah. for a time. And it just felt like deja vu all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I also agree that Eddie wouldn't get a Versailles reference. He'd just say that blooming woman, blooming neck. He'd say, (laughs) you know, the Palace of Versailles and the Petit Trianon and all that stuff. Yes, no. Oh, and next we have a new caller inera. Ooh, I love a new caller inera. Hi, Lucy Wofield and all the donkey dummers out there. I'm a first time caller inera. My name's Tracy Chevin. I don't go by any other name on Book of Face or Twitter. I'm just plain old boring Tracy Chevin. I'm a local government officer. I actually specialise in housing benefits and council tax support. So I very much doubt that anybody in Ambridge will be needing any of my expertise. Um, the first main storyline that I recall was the Bridge Farm Clary E. Coli story. So I don't know what which era period that makes me, but I'm sure you'll be able to tell me. Right then, well, I just thought it was necessary to call in to congratulate you all on the 100th episode and obviously the other 99. Um, I've been listening for approximately five months, but I've been really lucky enough to go back and listen to every one of your podcasts. So, yes, absolutely fabulous work. I love them and I just feel as part of a community and I don't know anybody out there, but I just feel like there's much love within the archers uh, world out there. It's fabulous. Right, getting on to the main bit, the storyline that won't be named, now also won't be listened to by me. I just can't cope with it anymore. Oh, good God, I caught up with Tuesday's episode. I was so bloody angry. I was actually on a dog walk at the time. My poor, dumpy dog, Nancy, had an absolute terrible walk. The poor thing. I was chucking the ball that many times. She came back, she was absolutely exhausted. I obviously thought I was chucking Rob, but, uh, yeah, that would have been good. So... I've made a decision that I'm definitely not listening now. Um, I'll read up to see if they appear on the day, and if they do, then I shan't be listening. Um, the bloody, the bloody storyline just needs to end and end now. I've had enough. Keep up the fab work, guys. Thanks ever so much for all the time that you take on Dumpty Dump. Love it and love you all. Bye now. Tracy Shevin, who is not Tracy Shevin, she is Jane Horrocks. I have listened to her call. <laughs> It's Jane Horrocks, who for some reason is pretending to be called Tracy Shevin. Um, she's been listening since the Clary E. coli storyline. So what does that make her? Mm, well, which major character has come in since then? Oof, I don't know, because I can't remember. Was that new Clary or old? Was that new old Clary or 
No, that was... Old Clary. That was Old Cat. Not Old, Old Clary. That was Old Clary. Yes, Old Clary, not Old, Old Clary. Because okay. Old, Old Clary is New Clary. Yeah. Maybe that's... Maybe we need to to, to set up a Clary as a, un, as a unit of time. So you can... <laughs> just overcomplicate this grading system even further. It could be a Clary, a Clary Clary, or a Clary Clary Clary. So you're a Clary Clary, Tracy. I bet you'll be glad. Uh, Jane, I mean, I bet you'll be glad to hear that. Um, her poor dog is being hauled around uh, the park mm-hmm. because she's cross at the, <laughs> the Rob and Helen store. What are people doing? Ring, it, ring and tell us what you're doing while you listen to it. When it's on. Because when I hear, when we go over to Blossom Hill Gaslight Cottage, I find myself going, <laughs> oh, kind of, kind of, oh, no. It's like bracing myself. I sort of have to hang on to, I, have to, I usually lean on the worktop. Sort of, yeah, it's brace myself, lean up mm. again. It's like an earthquake or something. You have to sort of, and you sort of Ooh, slightly. They, they get those in California, I'm just letting you know. Okay, thanks. And um, I'm going I sort of, there. I know. I brace myself. Can't wait. And I, <laughs> shut up! And I kind of lean slightly away from the radio to give myself a bit of distance between. I don't, do you I can't really? Are you just head- saying this for just no, for dramatic I effect? Do, I really, and I can't listen to it on headphones because it makes <laughs> it too. It comes too into personal. My head. Yeah, Rob is in my head. Too and intense. Too intimate. Does that make? Does that? Is that? That's. I thought that would be quite normal. Is that not then? But Lucy, we know that your obsession with the arches is anything but normal. <laughs> There's the man who devised an archer's podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> So how do you listen then? Do you? I mean, do you? Do you not affected by the storyline at all now? You're just oh, kind of I'm well out it. of it. No, no, no. Just really? it, yeah. I thought the, I was. But it's like the I was. I, I was on on Friday's episode. I'm trying to remember where I was on Friday when I listened to it. Was I? I, I was on the train or something or another. I think I was coming back up to Birmingham from London, and I said to myself, "Ooh, uh, there's some." killer acting gone on there with um old timothy watson and he was boohoo in, in in that room and i thought uh just to concur with what you said earlier that it's very realistic then the way that's going to be spun that helen is going to be full of full of massive remorse, remorse. Yeah. but also what i thought was very clever and this is you know considering i'm out of this story i'm out of the wider thing because it's just too convoluted now it's too convoluted but also what I did think was very realistic was that Helen goes to swing the first uh, the first punch first. Yeah. Um, so yet again, you know, Rob could turn around and say, well, actually, you know, the, you know, the fault was on, you know, at least the fault is equally apportioned. You know, yeah. that she she, she yeah. you know, showed violence first, which I thought was very brave by the script writers. But it, it's just so well acted. But. You know, I'd, I'd, I don't I hate want to it say to be well acted now. I'll just, I'll I just... wish it was terribly acted, and then it would be nice and kind of, um, uh, you it, know, it, it would be easier to listen to. In and of itself, it's incredibly believable, but it's all the construct around it. And we have uh, many people on the Twitters, on the forum, etc. Said, look, this is a village. This man is an arch villain. Okay, yes, he hides his tracks to a certain degree, but still, they, them pair would be gossiped about ad nauseum. Yeah, and yeah. I know I'm slightly jumping forward, but on Sunday's episode, we got, you know, evidence of people gossiping about them and saying, ooh, 
you don't quite feel right. But yeah. this would have been mm, happening. Good. This would have been happening months and months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and actually, one of the things which we've really, really missed in the Archers in the last, I don't know, quite some time, is actually Susan Carter actually being an arch bitchy gossip. She's yeah. really toned it down. You know, the whole point of her being in, in the village shop was to be a, a bitch. Yeah. You know, to comment on everyone, to make you, to, to remind you that you lived in this almost kind of hermetically sealed tiny village which only had what about a hundred residents yeah you know and really and truthfully you know the fact that helen collapsed and and all sorts you know she'd be talking about that ad nauseum yeah yes yeah i agree i agree and it, it, it well it's there's lots it's like we said before you know why didn't kirsty tell tom that rob had thrown her out mm. uh why isn't tom talking to pat about his um his worries about um uh, 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 his, his suspicions about Rob, Rob what, you yeah. know, and and also as as Witherspoon said in his call, she has just been abandoned by the not abandoned, but she had Helen has been uh, she's not in any form of regimented care program mm-hmm. at all, um, and it just wouldn't happen. They were if they had suspicions like that about eating disorders, and um, if. You know, she hasn't even had a therapy appointment. Well, if she has, we haven't heard what happened or whatever. It is, yeah, it's, it is getting silly. But and I do know that, and I try and keep that in mind. But I do, um, I do find that having Not bracing having, yourself, have, yeah, bracing myself helps. And also, and I said it before, and I do appreciate it. Sounds nuts, but it helped me. Was to I looked, I went on the uh, archers. Um, website, uh, website. Mm-hmm. thank you and uh i looked at um pictures of uh rob timothy watson the actor and i saw him in uh the bow stratagem uh prancing around in a frilly waistcoat and um <laughs> tights and i thought he is an actor he is an actor he is an actor this is not real do not let it get to you too much and it really helped so that was nice so if anyone's um kind of uh in need i could recommend that as a solution because it you know the trouble is with switching it off and not listening to that bit is that you miss all the other stuff and the other stuff is quite good at the minute and it's a shame Mm. yes Mm. right i think we've done the calls oh we need to do we're going to do you um little financial reports because um as we're aware, Cosmo gets increasingly irritated by the total lack of financial unbelievableness. Um, so uh, we uh, he's sending us, he's doing little um, updates that we have to submit to the Inland Revenue uh, every so often. So before it goes off to HMRC, we thought we'd just tell you what um, what his, uh, his director's report uh, is for Gay Grables. This is from Cosmo. Uh, Room occupancy has been very good as a number of rooms were occupied by many local residents displaced by the floods in spring 2015. The insurers were keen to show willing and this income made for such a good year that our owners have departed on a lengthy sojourn in Italy and have now almost been forgotten. Um, (laughs) There was a rat or similar infestation, but reports of this did not reach TripAdvisor and was rapidly resolved. Uh, Barrow Estates have been a remarkably good customer in recent times. Staff costs have been kept low. 
by recruiting an inexpensive and completely inexperienced manager for the health club and spa. And she's even worked shifts to save on using staff. We would like to thank our total staff of Kathy, Roy, Kirsty, Ian and Linda for keeping the show on the road. Yes, not bad running an entire hotel with only five people. Well, Basil Fawlty seemed to manage it, didn't he? <laughs> I don't think that counted as a very good hotel, though, did it? Not true. like Joe Rables. True, true, true. Thank you for that, Cosmo. Uh, and on that note... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Shall we take five, have a little uh, uh, liquid refreshment break, and then come back the other side, touch your milli and tweets of the week. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. 
Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. There's so much to talk about, so I'm going to get straight into it. On the Dumpty Dum uh, forum page at dumptydum.com, we had a number of really interesting topics. If you'd like to get involved in any of these, please dive in. One was started by Blythe Spirit, Eva Lurcher as well. Come on. Uh, Miss Bubbles was asking about the most irritating character. Landless Gentry uh, started a conversation about the slap. Miss Mid-City's got some message for Doug. Re Sarah Smith cleaning cloths. And uh, Royfield thanked everyone for an awesome 100th. And Jacqueline Berto has more information about the town twinning Easter weekend. Uh, I hope some people do go to that because it sounds fabulous and I'm really, really jealous. We had a message on our Dumpty Dum Facebook page from Peter Sturk who said, Hi Lucy and Royfield. Firstly, can I say that I really enjoyed the 100th podcast and all the previous 99 come to that. Secondly, you mentioned other soaps people watch. Well, I remember that well-known Brummy soap Crossroads and those long-time listeners to TA will remember that William Smethers produced Crossroads in the 80s and that Graham Seed and Alison Dowling, a.k.a. Nigel and Elizabeth of Pargeter, appeared in it. Well... Who knew? I certainly didn't. Thank you for that. Uh, we asked whether Pat would start seeing something wrong, and that was before the slap. Um, and we're, we were starting to get desperate by then. Um, Alicia Wallace says, for goodness sake, I re-listened to the last bit, hoping Helen had said something clearly not about Pat, but no luck. Again, though, I have to applaud the psychological and emotional authenticity of Helen's outbursts. She has to lash out at Pat because if she's angry at Ursula and Rob, she has to truly see her situation and that is just too much for her. Lots of other answers in the same sort of tenor as that. Sue Gedge, unfortunately, Pat might not. Helen has formed for throwing a strop when things don't go her way or anyone else tries to reason with her, such as the time she moved in with Rob yelling, happy now at her parents. Or worse still, the time she harangued Tony in the street when she was pregnant with Henry. And later, to my annoyance, Tony was the one who was forced to apologise. Actually, Sue, you make a really good point. They do tiptoe around her because of her behaviour. So they may well not pick up on the signs now. Uh, Quentin Bennett said, Sean O'Connor's put some of the programme's thoughts online, sparking a fair debate on the BBC, the Archers page. And that is true, so if you would like to get involved in that, please scoot across to there too. Um, I was a little puzzled in the episode where uh, Toby and Josh were negotiating um, and Pip just seemed to be siding with Toby, which I thought was really odd and I could understand a bit of sibling rivalry but why was she even bothered anyway pam crookshank says josh has capitalized on his expertise pip gave the fair brothers all her help for free what happened to the cattle with adam storyline perhaps she's just feeling foolish and also mean uh, maureen Fry Freiberger says gad pip is annoying but josh the chicken tycoon passes her there but it will make for interesting future storylines uh, Witherspoon says, scriptwriters are forming Josh's personality and creating a dynamic conflict between him and Pip that's going to last a lifetime. Actually, you're probably right there, sadly. Um, 
And then we also asked, I, I, look, I just got really confused by the toad in the hole scene. I thought that was very odd. Um, even though it gets hot in Australia, I still like my toad in the hole. And I'd have to take cook mine for a lot longer than 45 minutes to um, burn it. So I was very puzzled as, as to how this could have happened. And Fiona Siobhan Powell said, it's as daft as the burning Henry in the bath scene. I'm so beyond the cannot be asked with this anymore stage that I can no longer find the words for the stage I'm at. Um, and I used to be a supporter of this story arc. A lot more in the same tenor. And uh, if you would like to see those messages, then please jump onto our Facebook page. Thank you, Millie Bell. Uh, Lucy. Yes. Now is your time to sh- tell us which tweets have shined with your tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Okay. Uh, we have the <laughs> alternate archer. It says Ursula. Ursula scratches out the eyes of all female magazine models with a sharpie. Rob, Helen's been at the Radio Times again. <laughs> um, the Starchers said, uh, David agrees Kenton can repay the loan by not charging him for his beer. And another pint from the slot tray for David. <laughs> now, this one was, a, was a, a mishearing by Rosie Taylor. And also me, I thought, I thought he said this too. When Eddie and Linda were in the shepherd's hut and she mm. said she wanted a f- wood-burning stove in the shepherd's hut, didn't she? Which is an accident absolutely waiting to happen. But anyway, Rosie Taylor and I both heard, and she said, did Eddie say, wouldn't a fanny eater do? <laughs> Seems <laughs> unlikely. I heard it as fanny eater as well. I thought, a fanny what? <laughs> Fan eater. That's what it was. Anyway, and tweet of the week is Laura HT. <laughs> Plot prediction. To make sure she does not get proper help, Helen's psychiatrist will be Ursula in a wig and glasses. <laughs> hey. Very good. <sighs> oh. It's been a good... You know what, Lucy? What? I, I love our caller in us. I really do. But it's nice that we can have a show with a, with a few less of them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, everybody. But, like, it makes for much longer on the edit process. This show's going to be out by three o'clock at this rate. It's smashing. <laughs> Means I'll have a cup of tea and a scone in the afternoon. It's good. It's gone. Oh, let's not get into that. Um, Lucy, <laughs> I would like to advise our listeners to go to dumdydum.com to visit our shop and to partake in the forum where currently the debate is on about who is the most irritating character in Ambridge. But Lucy, yep, the most important bit of the show. Oh, Lucy's news of reviews. Sing it for uh, me, sister. Uh, no, I'm refusing. Oh, go on. People love it when you sing it. News, news, news of reviews. From Australia, we have Robin. Even if you don't like the Archers, this podcast is it's entertaining and just a lot of fun. From Blighty, it's Bingley Baggy. La La Lee, who said she's flipping loves this podcast. Jewel Bright. Captain Kev. Baldy Fat Dad. Aww. Uh, who apologised. Sorry it has taken me so long to discover you. That's all right. Drift 51 and... Sarah Sari. From the Golan... Oh, and then from the colony that got away, which is now to be named Trump Country, we have Lexi from DC and... Gadfly Ord, who penned, I was longing for thoughtful discussion and analysis of the archers, especially as certain storylines grew darker. 
But sadly, I know, no, he didn't say that. And this podcast has provided the <laughs> if, still looking, she said. If you would like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site or... You can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about pound thirty. Remember, you can get in contact with us uh, by sending us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. On social media, you can find us specifically on Twitter, where we're at Dumpty Dum, or you can find me on at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman, Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith, or Harriet at Shambridges. There's a lovely picture of you and Harriet. It's sweet, isn't it? You you look lovely, and she looks lovely, and it was the picture of last week's show. Yay! It was just, oh, I just thought the pair of you just looked like a little pair of lovely people. And <laughs> also, we are on the Book of Face, uh, where we uh, are quite simply Dumbly Dum. So go onto the Book of Face, type in Dumbly Dum, and then you will see the 1,000 plus people that are like a lurking us. And you can join them and uh, see what they're chatting about. Um, This morning, mm-hmm. my son was sitting with me and um they talked uh it was it, we were listening this before he went to school yeah mm-hmm. and um Ru, um pip was going on about skyping mm-hmm. uh matthew she said oh we might as well yeah i use a carrier pigeon and and william went skype and i said yes and he said is this set in modern days then and i said yeah <laughs> and he said i thought it was Oh, he said, oh, I didn't realise. And I said, when did you think it was? And he said, in the olden days, in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> Which was offensive on two levels, really, that the 1980s is the olden days. But I thought, how interesting that he would think this was set 30 years ago, that it wouldn't be now. Isn't that odd? Well, the amount of costume dramas on the BBC... You know, it's not surprising that the boy thought it was set in like the Dickensian <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> but I mean, he knew it wasn't Downton Abbey and he mm. knew it was sort of fairly contemporary, but he didn't think that it was now. I suppose because it's a rural drama, yeah. it's by its very nature, it's a little bit slower and in some ways quaint. And you do have a lady of the manor, you know, let's, let's, yeah. be, let's be honest about it. Yeah, there are... D- he doesn't listen closely enough to know that. He mm. just likes listening to what he calls the pirates, which are the Grundies. <laughs> but everything that you can't, you're into, you know, or your map and Lucia and your whatever, <laughs> is always it's always set in a bygone era, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he thinks it's yeah. You know, if it was his dad listening to the Archers and he wasn't really tuning in, he'd probably think it was set in New York and the people <laughs> had capes and, and aliens are about to invade from space. Yes. <laughs> are there aliens? Yes. Well, there are aliens. Mm. New characters. People cloned as other people. Yes. When is it Easter? 28th, is it? Uh, don't ask me. I so never know two this more stuff. Weeks. <sighs> I never know this stuff, can't we? Well, Come on, people, we can do it. <laughs> well, we've, we've soldiered on for so long. You know, this storyline has been going on for two years. Two oh years. Basically, since we started doing Dum Dum, 
Yeah. Because he moved in and in episode one of Dumpty Dum, um, he said, um, I don't, none of that fancy muck. I want uh, like a pie and mash, mm. which is the first hint of his kind of uh, misogyny. Mm. You know, he's telling Helen actually what, what to cook and yeah. none of this frog, well, not frog, well, couscous. It was something like she's going to make couscous and he said, forget that. No. Yeah. Two yeah. years, Lucy. Blimey. Mm. Should we have, uh, Yoko Bear suggested that he was going to celebrate when uh, when it's over. What should we do? We ought to do something. I don't know. We've got to be careful. We need, we need to define over. Over, yeah, I know. Because Rob ain't leaving this show anytime soon. Nuts. That will do. <laughs> Somebody kicks him in the nuts that means it's over yeah no no just, I just want people I want the uh, the exposure that's what I want I you, want you him, want to, him be, to be exposed yes I want him to be exposed as a git but even that is going to rumble and run on for some time isn't it because for whatever Helen says he's going to counter it by saying he's going to say he hit me and, he, and then he, He's going to say, she woman's in mental distress. She actually yeah. swung for me first. Yeah. Factually correct. Factually correct. But also, if he's hit her once, he'll hit her again. Mm. It won't, that won't be the only time. Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think or... she's going to run away with Henry. The thing I can't work out is how she's going to get Henry away from Robin Ursula, because at the moment they won't let Henry out of their sight. Mm-hmm. And if they keep feeding him chocolate, he's going to be so fat he won't be able to run anyway. <laughs> and yeah. your bloody toad in the hole. Actually, toad in the hole with um, olive oil is horrible. Is it? Yeah, because it catches. Olive oil catches too too sort of quick. It sort of burns and gets a funny taste. You do need something like dripping, but God knows what how much she was using. Are you a decent cook then? I never put you down as a decent cook. No, no offence, mate. me a cookery book. There you go, because I don't see you as a decent <laughs> cook, Lucy. Um, I'm all right. Really? Yeah, old-fashioned, yeah. I don't do modern stuff. I probably am mm. more of a sort of a... And yet again, yeah, you stuff. wonder why your little boy, want, you know, asked whether the archers were set Mummy lives in... in the past! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vintage mummy! <laughs> and on that note... Even on a budget... Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Let's say goodbye so I can get editing this mama jamma. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Smashing. There you go. Well done, Freeman. Fifty.